And I actually was always wondering why you were so much better at meditation than I was. <laughs> and I think that might be, that might yeah. be it. I'm, I'm into nothing. That's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be lazy. Got it. Check. This is The Fit Mess with Zach and Jeremy. Hey, he's right. This is The Fit Mess. I'm Jeremy and that's Zach over there. What's up, everyone? Thank you for listening to the show and being part of it again this week. You can subscribe at thefitmess.com. All the links you need to the various Spotify's and Google's and Apple's and whatnot that you use for podcasts, you can find them there and, and subscribe and never miss an episode. This week, we're going to cover some familiar ground. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, meditation, which was a big topic, I believe. If I remember right, that was our very first episode was about meditation. It was. And Very so we're going to revisit that a little bit with uh, with a world-renowned expert. She's been doing this for decades, Sharon Salzberg, 10th uh, anniversary of her book, Real Happiness. We'll get into all that in just a little bit. Um, for me, the last uh, 24 hours as of the recording of this show have been uh, traumatic. I, I work in news media. Uh, traumatic events happened here in Seattle that, uh, that I had to cover. Uh, it's just part of my job. It's part of the thing. Usually... I do a pretty good job of disconnecting from the news. I can sort of separate it uh, from from you know actually penetrating and, and making uh, any sort of impact on me emotionally. Uh, this one rattled me. It was it was pretty tough. Uh, a lot of tears, a lot of emotion. Um, but it was it was my meditation practice, which I use the term practice very loosely. I, I don't do it a lot. I don't do it nearly enough. Uh, but it's what's been getting me through uh, in in the twenty four or 38, 30 hours since the event happened. Uh, I've repeatedly in my mind gone back to the facts as we were learning them the fear that we were feeling as it was developing all these things that were happening um and having to consciously remind myself to just breathe now to just be here now because this is this is reality that happened but it's not happening now and i can and i can let that go and and try and be here uh and it, it's funny how it is in traumatic times and that's an extreme example, but when things are tough, I do have the ability to remember to do that, to to just check in with now and to just make myself present. Um, and it's funny because it's what it it's what gets me through. But then I also attach judgment to it and just go, why can't you just do this all the time? Why do you have to wait till shit's horrible? Why you, right. just just get into the habit, make a practice of it. Um, yeah. So I think I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try and take the emotional cue, the social or the not the social, but the, the cue here to make make that a priority. Set some time yeah. aside every side, even if it's just five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. Uh, going to try and recommit because uh, I'm, I'm reminding myself very quickly and, and very powerfully uh, that this is a tool that is essential in, uh, in, in keeping my, myself sane. Yeah, it's it's definitely an important one in the tool chest. And um, with you, I, I have not been doing it as much as I should be doing it. And, um, it's always been really helpful for me. Um, I, I had a, an issue myself last night in that, um, I got a call from, uh, a hospital where my mother lives and the, the doctor on the phone basically told me to get on a plane, get down there and say goodbye and that, that it was over. Man. And I was like, well, this is this is not cool. And, you know, I just remember hanging up the phone and taking like 10, 15 deep breaths and just focusing on the breath. And it was able to, I was able to, you know, get through it, call my brother, have a, you know, a real conversation and give him the news without, you know, being, um, you know, frankly, just, you know, a mess. Mm. And 
it, you know, you take a couple of breaths, but it's, I mean, those are just a couple of moments of actual meditation in my, in my book, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's so helpful. And like you said, like, why do we wait until, you know, shit just hit the fan to go, oh yeah, this, this thing helps. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out there's this really simple way to just not let life get overwhelming and, and, uh, stressful. And, I do it a lot with my kids when things are, are too much, overwhelming, just loud, crazy. Uh, and and I, I let it beat me 90% of the time. And it isn't until I remove myself from it and just, you know, once I'm in a quiet space, I can think enough to go, oh, right, breathe, relax. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, that's just, that's temporary. Whatever pain you're experiencing is going to pass. Whenever my kids get hurt or they're freaking out or doing something they're anxious about something, worried, scared, whatever. I'm always telling them, take a breath. It's going to pass. It's okay. It's going to pass. Take a breath. Like I'm constantly coaching them. And yet I can't do that in the mirror. I can't seem to turn mm-hmm. that on my on itself and, and remind myself of this really, really simple way to get through anything that's painful. Well, you know, we're, we're also good at giving advice and telling other people what to do. And then when it comes down to the nitty gritty and doing it ourselves, it's... It's always tough to follow through. Definitely. Yeah, I was just reading a a book that was talking about, you know, it was using guns as an analogy, but, you know, looking down the scope of a gun and you're, you know, you're, you're so focused on it, but in order to really, you know, collect yourself, you need to, you know, take a step back and look at the whole surrounding and disconnect from what it is you are staring at in order to, you know, figure things out. It's, it was a an interesting analogy. I don't know if I follow that analogy. Mm. So in my mind, the meditation is right. You're focused on this one event. You need to take a breath. You need to step back. You need to take a look. You know, you need to look at it from a holistic approach. You need to step out of it mm. in order to, you know, understand the situation a little bit. And he was talking about, you know, when you're looking down the side of a gun, you're it's, you know, tunnel vision. You're focused on a specific target and, you know, anxiety, worry, everything around it is focused on that one little thing. Ah. But if you take a step back and don't look down the side of the gun and look at everything around, you realize you see the whole picture, you can disconnect, you can make better decisions. It was a, it was an interesting analogy yeah. no, in no, my mind. I can, I can see and that. I guess, I guess I poorly, <laughs> I, I gave a poor example of it. You weren't so good at book reports, were you? No, I was great at book reports. I always had like the neighbor do it. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and speaking of uh, decision making, we've touched on this, but, uh, you know, making meditation a regular practice. It's I mean, in terms of the tools that you can use to make your life better, uh, I don't think it gets much simpler than doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Like we can tell you all the th- you do the go to the gym, do this workout program, eat this food, don't eat that food. We can tell you all the things all day long. But I don't know that any of them is, is is as effective as sitting down and shutting the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I think that is essential. It is the, such a, a fundamental, foundational piece of any well-being program that you're going to take on. But for some reason, it is the hardest thing to do. It is so mm-hmm. difficult to just to just let go of everything and just do nothing. Mm-hmm. I I will. I will be very blunt, honest, transparent. I am so uncomfortable in my own body when I when I get quiet. Like I, I just feel uncomfortable. I want to get out of my skin. 
it's so uncomfortable for me to do it. But when I do get into that mode and I can actually, you know, get through a few sessions and it becomes regular practice, it, it definitely pays off and it makes things so much easier. Well, let's find out why it's so difficult. Fortunately, we have an expert. One of the world's leading experts on meditation is on this show, Sharon Salzberg. Her, her book, 10th Anniversary Edition of Real Happiness, is available now. You can get it through our website. But uh, we had a chance to talk to her earlier today, and we started by asking her, why is it so difficult to meditate? Why is it so hard for us to develop a meditation practice? Well, I think it's hard for different people for different reasons, but... Uh, for me, it was hard, even living in India when I wasn't always on retreat, it was hard because of this tremendous habit of self-judgment. Like when I sat and things felt peaceful and lovely, I'd think, oh, good, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in India feeling exactly like this. <laughs> right. When I was restless or I was sleepy, i think, oh, it doesn't work, you know, and I would just give up. And uh, what I needed was a kind of commitment to a structure, and that means a reasonable period of time, not like... I'm committing to this for the rest of my life, you know, but like a month or something like that, or it was in the book, 28 days, and and a reasonable period of time each day. Um, could be five minutes, could be 10 minutes, whatever. And, and and then just have the spirit of exploration. It's It's saying, okay, what form is suiting me right now? Is it sitting meditation? Is it walking meditation? Um, and then, you know, keep using structures as a way of, Resolve. The other great, great thing that helps keep us going is a sense of community. You know, it's I see people coming together and saying, okay, I'll, I'll in this group of five, I will text the other four uh, whenever I've practiced today. I don't have to say anything about the quality of my sitting, but just the fact that they did it. Do, do you still struggle after all these years of doing it? Is, is it still a challenge for you? Uh, no, it, it isn't really. I mean, I... Uh, might sit for a much shorter period on some days, but uh, it's so natural to me at this point that, but it was for, for a very long time. It was quite challenging. I, I've had a couple of pretty profound experiences myself, uh, really healing, kind of uh, almost time traveling back to a younger age and being with myself and comforting myself through challenging things. I've had points where the, I could feel the ego melt away and I would just sort of become a part of my environment around me is sort of the best way to, to describe it. Can you paint a picture for us of what it's like for you in, in some of the, I guess, m most profound or, or most powerful uh, sessions that you have? I think uh, one way of, of looking at it is when I was, because there's so many styles and, and types of meditation, when I was in Burma doing intensive loving-kindness meditation, which is a certain method, where you're offering phrases of goodwill to yourself and then to others, like, may I be happy, may you be happy, may I be peaceful, may you be peaceful. And the the feeling tone is very much gift-giving, it's offering. And there were times when I would be doing that practice and I would just feel such a complete sense of care about myself or care about someone else, even someone I didn't know that well. And... And I would be kind of astonished, I think, is this real, you know? Like, right. Or is this me? Like, look at that capacity to to love that I think exists in all of us that is usually quite untapped. Can you talk about how what the benefits of meditation are and what the, the science behind meditation is? Well, I think, the, um, I think of meditation as a skills training, 
and it's a skills training in concentration, mindfulness, and compassion. So in terms of concentration, most of us find ourselves fairly scattered, if not in every domain of life, at least in some. And if we practice meditation, we find that we are gathering back together and reclaiming some of that energy that we normally just throw into the past and throw into the future. Um, and it becomes ours again. So we feel empowered, we feel more centered, we feel clearer. And then the skill of mindfulness allows us to see things in a, a fresh way or not so tied to habit. You know, when something uncomfortable happens, we're not immediately enmeshed in, you know, what's it going to feel like in 10 years? Uh, but we can experience, like, what's actually happening. And uh, we just pay attention differently as we practice mindfulness. And I think we actually keep developing and generating compassion, first of all, for ourselves. And we begin to realize that self-compassion is not laziness. It's not losing all standards. It's it's something very different. It's It's having a sense of resilience and being able to bounce back and so on. And then ultimately, of course, compassion for others. And I think these three are developing, these three skills are developing, you know, across many methods. Is it just my perception or, or is meditation, is it becoming sort of more mainstream? Is it becoming more and more popular? Uh, is that your sort of your uh, opinion based on how long you've been doing this? Well, I think it's far more popular in, in the West than it had been in the past. You know, there's probably a ways to go. Uh, it's going to keep spreading. But it's it's pretty amazing to somebody like myself, you know, I came back from India in 1974, and, and meditation was largely still considered esoteric and strange. And, you know, you'd asked about the science, and I think it's largely because of the science that it is so much more mainstream. And, you know, the earliest studies were usually done by neuroscientists, so there was a lot of, you know, brain changes that were looked at. As uh, Like when I was younger, we didn't, believe in or understand neuroplasticity. We were told that past the age of like somewhere in your 20s, your brain had no chance of developing except in a bad way, you know, something catastrophic happened or something really unfortunate happened. But now they understand that your brain can be regenerating cells and, and connections till the day you die, you know, and that's neuroplasticity. And so they look at things like meditation to see what effect that can have on the brain. There are also these studies about meditation and genetic expression. You know, how is it affecting us biologically and so on. So it's a really fascinating time. The book, again, is Real Happiness, uh, The Power of Meditation. It's a, it's a simple 28-day program to develop a, a nice, simple, and incredibly powerful meditation practice, something that Zach and I have uh, failed to do consistently uh, for as long as I can remember anyways. Um, I, I really, uh, whether you do it with this book or, or another book or you get the Headspace app or the Calm app or whatever app you want to use, uh, I can't recommend enough if you're trying to start somewhere starting with meditation because I'm a pretty lazy guy and, and doing nothing. It's kind of my jam. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. And that, I mean, no, you're, you're, <laughs> you're not lazy, but that is, a you know, it, telling you to do nothing to get you on the path to uh, better wellness is, is probably the, the most effective advice you'll ever get from me. 
Um, <laughs> but and and honestly, I think because uh, not even talking to other lazy people, even someone like you, Zach, who who constantly pedal to the metal, working on on the next scheme, the next thing, the next project, the next idea. I think you need it even more than I do. You you anxious, constantly going people. You're the ones even more than the. Uh, me who wants to sit on the couch and do nothing. You're the ones I think that that need to chill the fuck out for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I actually was always wondering why you were so much better at meditation than I was. <laughs> and I think that might be that might yeah. be it. I'm, I'm into nothing. That's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be lazy. Got it. Check. If there's no one self help thing I can do, it's that. Yeah. No. It's I will. Again, this show is all about how hard things are, and meditation to me is is incredibly hard. I mean, you are literally sitting there, breathing and focusing on your breath, and it is by far one of the hardest things that I have to do um, when I do do it. It's just, and I can't even explain why, but it's just so hard to do. The benefits outweigh that pain, though, and yeah, it's it's just so hard to do. So, you know, for anyone who is a little driven, it's definitely <laughs> beneficial. But keep in mind that it's going to feel like failure day after day after day after day. And it takes quite a while to get there to the point where you're like, you know, what? I think I got this. I've, I see a color. I, you know, I, I think I was just meditating. It, it takes a while to get there. Yeah, there's uh, I've only had, you know, I've I've been practicing meditation for I don't know five years but saying that i've been doing this for five years is very generous because i don't have a regular routine i'll get to a point where i'll do it for a few days and then i'll stop for a few months and then i'll remember oh i should do that um i apply it in small ways where i'm interacting with my kids i'm interacting with someone at work i'm interacting with you know anybody and it's just even for just that moment i will just focus on the now and you know it's not a formal sit for 10 or 20 minutes or whatever but it's just reconnecting with what's actually in front of me. Um, and that's, I think, where, where it really pays off is when you can take that practice and apply it to whatever current stressful situation you're dealing with. But it, it is so difficult to, to just sit and, and be with yourself and to hear the, the thoughts and the voices that come up in your head and to eventually, it, it does feel like failure for a long time, but once you let mm-hmm. go of that judgment of the thoughts that come up or the judgments of, of what you're feeling about the moment or whatever, once you can just let go of that and accept that as just a thing that's happening and, and not make it a negative or positive, that's when you really start to make uh, progress. And I've only had a few moments of, of what I can only identify as like pure, like enlightenment, which mm-hmm. is really just like the ego dissolving and just, and just literally being, um, but man, when you feel it, it's, there's nothing like it. It's yeah. I've been, I've been there a couple of times myself and every single time I, it was followed up with, holy shit, I think I was just meditating. Right. And by having that thought, it disappeared. It vanishes. Yeah. It, it's just yeah. for a moment, but yeah. So anyways, uh, can't recommend it enough. And I think that leads us to, to the natural uh, place where this is going is, uh, our challenge for this particular episode on the last episode. Uh, I believe you challenged me to not eat, uh, you know, garbage sugar products for a week. Like, yes, just, you know, whatever junk food, whatever failed hard, totally failed hard. I've I've been stress eating a bunch. Uh, I've stayed away from sugar for the most part, but I totally caved, bought a thing of red vines, just scarfed it down. 
<laughs> Felt guilty afterwards, but yeah, did it. Nice. Uh, there have been a number of other things because I, you know, like I said, stress eating has been my thing this week. So huge failure. Couldn't do it and uh, can't even promise that I won't do it again. Well, you know what? You're aware of it. And, yeah. you know, I was good for most of the time until until I got that that news that I told you about earlier. Yeah. Uh, last night in which I, you know, I, I needed to go get some Halo. So. Oh, that's, but if you're going to cheat, that's not a bad cheat. Yeah, but I mean, there's still sugar in it, and I I could tell the difference the next day. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this week's challenge obviously should be uh, related to meditation. Uh, I think you had something in mind. Oh, I thought we were going to do running. Running? No. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> meditation is way harder. Yeah. <laughs> yes, meditation. So I think that you know, after reading reading this book and it's 28 days to meditation, but we go about two weeks in between our shows. Mm -hmm. I would like to challenge both of us to uh, meditate for at least five minutes a day, every day for the next two weeks. All right. I will try. Are you, do you use an, uh, like a headspace or anything or do you just go, uh, go natural? <laughs> just just going to hang out in the wind. Um, I'm, I'm a na all natural. All right. See, I cheat every uh, now and then, and I use Headspace, uh, and and you know they don't pay or anything, but uh, it, it's I've I've said a million times, and and I wish I had time to ask uh, Sharon Salzberg about using apps for for meditation because it feels counterintuitive to use technology to connect with yourself. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I you know a hundred times I will say, if it makes you do it versus not doing it at all, then it's mm -hmm. got to be worth it. So. Um, yeah, so absolutely. I'm, I'm sure I will cheat uh, and and use that a, a number of times. But again, whatever it takes to get it done, get it done. Yep, we'll get it done. I'll I'll try and find five minutes in my day. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, I I've got plenty of time. It's just the <laughs> the drive to do it is the is the trick. But we'll see. We'll we'll check back in a couple of weeks uh, on the next episode. Let you know how that went. Um, we do have a Facebook group uh, on uh, on the Facebook. If you want to jump in there, if uh, if we get a few folks uh, participating in there, maybe we can even uh, you know keep up to date in there and and talk about uh, our progress with this challenge. We'll see. We'll see if if you guys want to play along. We'll play along. So so dive in through the Facebook page. There's a link on our website, thefitmess.com. That's where you'll find the next episode in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. Uh, again, thefitness.com is the website, and we'll see you there in a couple of weeks. See you, everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and does not seem to lack anything, but we do need a legal disclaimer. Jeremy and Zach are not doctors. They do not play them on the Internet, and even if they did play them on the Internet, they would be really bad at it. Please consult your physician prior to implementing any changes that you heard on this podcast. The listener assumes that Jeremy and Zach do not know what they are talking about and that you will do your own research on the topics talked about on this podcast.